0: THE BIG LEAP by Gay Hendricks. Summary from 4-Minute Books. Written by Nicholas Gouquet and read by Jonathan McGinley. One-sentence summary. The Big Leap is about changing your overall perspective so you can embrace a philosophy that'll help you achieve your full potential in work, relationships, finance, and all other walks of life. Favorite quote from the author. If I cling to the notion that something's not possible, I'm arguing in favor of limitation. And if I argue for my limitations, I get to keep them. Two years ago, I was in the middle of a massive email list campaign, trying to reach 10,000 subscribers from ground zero. About five months into the project, multiple efforts started to kick in simultaneously, and suddenly, I was on an exponential growth curve. Having piled up a few successes, I was floored when I found out I would be featured to over 100,000 people on another newsletter. It almost felt too good to be true. So, sure enough, I sent an incredibly stupid, unreflected email and blew it all. Boom! Right back to the slow, painstaking pace I was on before. I've always wondered why I did that. It was completely unnecessary. However, I finally found the answer in Gay Hendrick's The Big Leap. Gay is a Stanford psychologist who co-authored over 35 books with his wife and is famous for his work in relationships and mindfulness. This book is his most popular. It outlines a philosophy of life aimed at maximizing your potential. Here are three lessons from it that stuck with me. 1. We don't believe we deserve to be happy all the time so we cap our levels of joy for no reason. Two, fear and self-sabotage are two common ceilings we can break through with the right attitudes and exercises. And three, when it comes to work, we can be in four zones, but only one is worth shooting for. Ready to jump out of the fishbowl and into the open sea? It's time for a big leap. Lesson one. We artificially limit our happiness, because we don't think we deserve to have it all. In the early 19th century, engineers figured out how to use steam engines to power wheels, and thus the steam locomotive was born. First used only to transport goods and resources, people quickly discovered it'd be a great means of transport as well. However, due to the state of science at the time, early adopters suggested never to run trains at more than 30 miles per hour for human bodies on board would just explode. Yes, you heard that right. Folks genuinely believed their bodies would explode if they went faster than 30 miles per hour. (laughs) Luckily, some madmen decided to go 31 miles per hour anyway, and here we are, driving cars that exceed 280 miles per hour. What's the lesson here? How much is possible is often limited only to how much we try. A similar story is the one of Roger Bannister breaking the four-minute mile. It was believed to be physically impossible before, but once he did it, others quickly followed. In the same vein, how often we're happy and how long that happiness lasts doesn't need to be defined by what we think is normal. In The Happiness Hypothesis, Jonathan Haid explains that we all have a biological happiness set-point to which we tend to regress but he too believes we can raise that baseline. Ask yourself, how much of your unhappiness comes from your belief that it has to be there? Lesson two. Two common upper limits are fear and self-sabotage. So, why did I blow my relationship with the people who wanted to promote the heck out of me? I sabotaged myself. That's it. Since we have this subconscious idea of how much happiness we deserve, we tend to ruin ourselves for no apparent reason if things start going too well for us. Hendricks calls this an upper-limit mindset, as a result of which we create fake drama and unnecessary problems. Often, we do this in another area of life, say love, if you're doing well financially. However, this is usually a sign of you letting your guard down and then making a careless mistake, rather than actually screwing up without meaning to. So, if you're on a winning streak, just make sure you keep your ego in check. Don't get too cocky and you'll be fine. Another common upper limit is fear. There's a long, famous quote by Marianne Williamson that our worst fear is not that of failure, but that we are powerful beyond measure. It makes sense. If you knew and accepted that you have all you need to live up to your potential, that leaves you with no excuse not to. Since fear isn't something you can rid yourself of completely, Hendricks suggests breathing into it, quoting German psychotherapist Fritz Perls, who said that fear is excitement without the breath. Usually, our breath gets shorter when we're scared. To counteract this, you can take back control by breathing slowly and deeply. If you're about to give a presentation, for example, this will help you turn stress into energy and deliver a great talk. Lesson 3. There are four zones of work, and the zone of genius is where we should strive to be. Transferring this idea of lasting happiness to your career, Hendricks claims work shouldn't really feel like work. You want time to flow by for a few hours and emerge inspired, ready to pick up where you left off the next day. To achieve this, you need to work in what Hendrix calls your zone of genius. It's one of four different stages of work. 1. Zone of Incompetence You suck at the task. Many people can do it better than you. 2. Zone of competence. You are all right, but lots of others cope better. 3. Zone of excellence. You are highly skilled, and few can hold a candle to you. And 4. Zone of genius. You are literally the best in the world at it. This might sound like a tall order, but remember the first lesson. You can never know what you can pull off if you don't try. Also keep in mind that you can pick up a very narrow field and only serve a small group of people, and the definition will still hold. So what are you waiting for? If you're not going to choose yourself, who will? It's time to take a leap. The Big Leap Review This book is more on the motivational side, but it does hold practical exercises as well. If you're stuck on making a big decision or are fed up with your own perspective on life, The Big Leap is a good read to pick up. What else can you learn from the blinks? Which stoic question can help you deal with another upper limit? Why one of Hendrick's billionaire clients was deeply unhappy? What the author's personal success mantra is? How you can use the enlightened no to stay on track? And a time management technique that's based on dealing with problems? Who would I recommend the Big Leap Summary to? The seventeen-year-old with plenty of spare time to figure out her career trajectory, if only she tries. The fifty-two-year-old who's bottled up marriage issues for over a decade now. And anyone who regularly struggles with imposter syndrome.